True Connections is a journey within to discover that you are part of everything. Life can often feel disjointed, but you and I are actually connected to one another, to nature, to animals, and many other ways like your thoughts, intentions, dreams, even your imagination. It's my desire to bring spiritual insight to these true connections so that you can get into the flow of life, receive the things that you want without struggle, and enjoy a more constant level of happiness. I am Weston Jolly, your host. What's the meaning of my dreams? I think it's fair to say that almost everyone has had a dream in which they awoke wondering, what was the meaning of that dream? What if the meaning of your dreams had such impact that it could change your life and that of others? Maybe you've never thought of your dreams in this context. Although dreams are accepted as a biological part of your being human, you might find it amazing to discover just how important your dreams are. Let me say this in another way. Your dreams are so much more important than you can possibly imagine. Let me share with you this true story about a dream an acquaintance of mine had. His name is Barry. Barry was leading an ordinary life in a small town, married, and as a car salesman. Everything was normal as apple pie until one night, Barry had a dream. According to Barry, his dream was not one of those run-of-the-night dreams, (laughs) but a special dream. I want to talk much more about this later, so make sure you remember this special dream part, okay? Anyway, Barry was carrying on in life, as he had always done, until this disturbing dream captured his attention. It was filled with details, so much so that he awoke remembering exact measurements of a large wooden box that he'd seen in his dream. The box that he saw could be described as, well, a coffin. The box in Barry's dream was big enough for you, a full-sized adult, to climb into and to lie on your back well, again, just, just like a coffin. The top lid of the life-sized wooden box lifted up before anyone to actually enter or exit Barry's box. This was to be done exclusively through the side doors. The occupant of Barry's box would have very specific lights and mirrors placed in the top of the cover of his box. These lights and mirrors were to be created and placed at very specific angles, as was given to Barry in his dream. In Barry's dream, there was also music in the box. No change that. It wasn't just music, but sounds that somehow coordinated with the lights, twisting and turning above your head as you would lie down on your back, face up in Barry's box. At this point in our story, I'd like to take a pause. I think that Barry's dream is pretty average as far as dreams go. While I can't say that I've dreamt of a coffin-like box where you lie in it to watch disco twirling red, blue, and yellow lights as you lie on your back is something I've ever dreamt about, but clearly Barry did. Oh yeah, don't let me leave out the stereo speakers playing music, or sorry, new age sounds, vibrating the box in coordination with the, what, disco lights. Again, I don't think Barry's dream is all that weird. Do you? I'm going to presume that you're sitting there listening and nodding your head, no. I've had stranger dreams than this. So let's get back to listening to more about Barry's dream. Barry felt something unique about his dream. 
about this wooden box and its very fascinating accessories. The dream didn't make any sense, but something about Barry's dream felt real. Barry wrote down all the detailed things that he had been given in his dream, and he began to build a box that had eerie similarities to a coffin with disco lights and music. Yet Barry knew that this box wasn't a box of death, but a box of life. Somewhere along the way, I'm presuming after his dream, Barry sold his car dealership. Barry decided that he was going to build his life-size music box with lights in his garage, and somewhere along this time period, Barry's wife determined that she'd had enough of Barry's dreams of his wooden box that you could climb into and hear music and lights and all of that. She wanted a divorce. This didn't seem to deter Barry and his desire to bring this box into manifestation. So Barry kept tinkering with his box, and after building several different versions of the box, Barry determined to make a prototype. To be clear, Barry wasn't a scientist, electrician, or even that good of a carpenter. Barry took his blueprints, or the schematics that came to him in his dream state, to an intellectual property attorney. Barry somehow believed that his box could heal people. Barry, completely out of his field of experience, gave his attorney the exact details he used to build the box. You know, the angle of the mirrors, the type and wattage of the lights, the wiring, the way the lid opened, and how a person would enter the box through doors that opened from the side, and so forth. He also listed the benefits someone would have in lying down in the box. From the way Barry told me the story, his attorney asked, How'd you come up with the idea? Barry responded very sheepishly, it, it came to me in a dream. The attorney took formal note of Barry's response, writing down all the information to submit Barry's claim to the U.S. Patent Office before responding. Actually, I hear that all the time. Barry, still embarrassed, said, but I'm not a physicist, doctor, or an engineer. Barry's attorney stoically said, I see a lot of people like you who don't have degrees or experience inventing things like your box all the time. Barry told me everything I shared with you when I personally met him. Barry is the inventor of something that he likes to call the life vessel. A box that resonates with light and frequency in such a way to rebalance the body's nervous system. Oh boy, did I forget to tell you that Barry's box also vibrates? Barry's box is called a life vessel. The very first time that I met Barry was with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in tow. Elizabeth was severely bedridden, and another friend suggested that we take her to, well, the life vessel, Barry's box. I didn't think very highly of the whole healing box modality, and you don't really want to know what I originally thought of the idea. But I did trust my friend, and I didn't think that lying in the box would really hurt anybody. And after all, Elizabeth was in pretty severe pain. At the very least, she'd get out of her bed, and hopefully the day wouldn't be a bust. After taking Elizabeth on this all-day adventure to put her in the coffin-like box, something was happening to me as I sat outside the waiting room with my friend. I could feel it. I could feel the vibrations coming from the box. Certainly, I could hear the music, but I couldn't see the lights. In helping Elizabeth into the box, I did look closely at the mirrors shaped in a hexagon-like shape where Elizabeth would no doubt be looking when she looked up. 
it'll look pretty harmless. Today, Barry sells his life vessels for about $100,000 each. In addition, Barry has about 17 franchisees all across the country who have all purchased two or more life vessels or coffin-like boxes each so that individuals can come and use the box on an hourly basis. So what does all this mean? It means your dreams are much more important than you can ever imagine. If Barry can bring forth blueprints on how to make a healing box with frequencies and lights, what can you do? The purpose of this podcast is to bring awareness and further meaning to your dreams. To no longer care about your dreams is no longer an option. Generally speaking, I'd say most people think of dream interpretation as something entertaining at best. Certainly, that's not entirely true because some aspects of psychology do give credence to some of your dreams. What if accessing the messages from your dreams actually could change your life? This particular dream of Barry's life vessel certainly changed his life and many others too. What if your dreams weren't just weird and funny? What if they actually meant something? And what if they meant something all of the time? Not just the once in a while, I wonder what it meant kind of way. Would you be interested in what your dreams might mean now? In Barry's case, one might summarize that he made millions from the meaning of his dream. Another might say that Barry's dream cost him his marriage. And in Barry's case, maybe both of these things are true. To access the meaning of your dreams, we've got to remember them. (laughs) On some level, that's got to be funny, right? We all have dreams, so how hard can it be to remember your dreams? Well, spiritually speaking, I think this is pretty funny. While I'm going to spend a lot more time in the future offering you opportunities to get in touch with your dreams, in this instant, I'm most interested in your determining the meaning of your dreams. Let's get specific as to the meaning of our dreams from a spiritual perspective. Let's take this dream and determine its meaning. I'm going to present this dream in the first person narrative. Let's call this a dream case study. (laughs) This sounds pretty scientific, doesn't it? Okay, let's begin our dream meaning case study. Oh, hold on. I forgot to tell you that this is a man's dream. And this is relevant as it can make a difference in determining the meaning of the dream. Okay, here's the dream. I was walking down a concrete sidewalk in a small subdivision. The houses were moderately sized homes that you'd see in the West. The neighborhood was nice. I'd call it middle class and the kind of place that you wouldn't be afraid to raise your kids. The streets were wide open, and there were plenty of nice elm trees that outlined the sidewalks. It was a nice sunny day, and I was walking up the street on the sidewalk on the left-hand side of the street, facing oncoming cars. I noticed a really nice white house on the corner, with a chain-link fence separating the sidewalk from the front yard of the house. The house was white, with maybe some gray trim. I can't remember exactly, but predominantly large in size, and it had a long driveway going down the side of the house into the garage, which abutted into the backyard. For some reason, I felt compelled to walk into the house. I didn't ring the doorbell. I just walked in and opened the front door. Immediately, I noticed there was a hurried, urgent kind of energy, the same kind you'd notice around a nurse's station next to an operating room. The human traffic was busy, and the people were coming and going in various directions, all very directed, sincere, and focused. 
I walked into what should have been the living room, but there were people, like doctors and nurses, helping somebody who was lying down. I immediately started to assist the person I was helping, and instantly they got better and got up and left, healed. Then I was called into the next adjoining room, and the situation was different, but the patient was in need of assistance, great assistance, and I worked as fast as I could. As soon as I was done, I was called into another adjoining room, and I could see that the whole house was predominantly square, with the four rooms filling the main living space. In every room, there was a bed, like an operating table, and in every room, there was more and more people that needed help. As soon as I was finished with one person, I went through the door that would take me to the next room where someone else was in need of real help. I also noticed that I was going around from room to room in a clockwise fashion, and although I was working as fast as I could, it felt like the number of people that needed help was, well, like that of a MASH unit. MASH is an acronym that stands for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. The people were coming in huge groups, and while I kept going round and round the house, the effect I was able to offer was limited to one patient at a time. The team of people offering their help were tired, but relentless in continuing to offer their dedication and assistance to all the people that were in emergency-like crisis situations. After noticing that I was going around in circles, helping people, but at a very limited pace, I'd had enough. Immediately, I flew straight through the roof of the house, into the sky, and went way up into the emptiness of black space. I was looking for something. Then, I found it. It was something that I'd been looking for my entire life. It was the origin of all things dark and negative. It was huge. It was a black hole. I was in space, excited that I'd found the place where all dark and evil came from. I immediately raised my hands like I was holding a baton to the orchestra to eliminate the origins of all things negative. Let me take a moment to share with you that when I use the phrase that this was the origin of all things dark, evil, and truly bad, I'm speaking of the absolute worst things imaginable. This wasn't a place where some evil existed. It was the birthplace of all things negative. Again, with my hands in the air, I was about to condemn this black hole and all that was in or influenced by this place. But then I was told by guides, angels, and several beings surrounding me that I shouldn't do that. Confused, I looked at one predominant being on my right side with clear intentions that I was going to do what I had started and take this whole black portal thing out. It wouldn't take but a minute, and I knew that I had the power to do it. But then again, there were many around me, all in the light, asking me, to not remove the origins of darkness. I wasn't going to take no for an answer. I was about to commit my arms, hands, and energy to destroying that which had caused all evil throughout the entire world and the universe. Frustrated, very frustrated at those who were surrounding me and thinking that they didn't understand the nature of what I had found or what I was about to do, an archangel, I'm pretty sure his name was Michael, touched my right elbow from the bottom of my arm while my hands were still being held up. He said, you don't want to do this. And then 
he smiled at me. In some kind of way, his smile touched me. And there was an understanding that if I should destroy the center of all evil, that it would upset the balance of what was still being created. I instantly knew, while I could finish what I had started, and there would be no more having to take care of people one by one who were countlessly flocking to the house below for help, but it wasn't my place to destroy all evil. After a moment, I put my hands down to the relief of many who had gathered now surrounding me, and I said, I understand. I watched and felt the gigantic pull of the black hole that was so strong that it supposedly swallowed up light. I watched in honor of the billions and billions of beings, spiritual and physical, that were held in a mesmerized trance to the blackness. It was the exact opposite of looking into a campfire. This darkness, this black hole was amazing. And it was also something that you could get lost in staring into the cavity in the depth of the darkness. I wasn't interested. I'd had enough. I flew back down to the, from the depths of space and back into my body outside the White House where I originally started walking on the sidewalk. The house was still filled with frantic energy and even a desperate cry for help. And certainly thousands and thousands of people wouldn't be able to be healed at this one healing house. But I knew that it was all for a purpose. That's it. That's the dream. So, with all of you as witnesses to this case study in determining the meaning of this dream, what do you have? What does this dream mean? Believe me, there's a lot here. Let's start out with some of the simpler pieces. Why was the man walking on the left side of the sidewalk? Did anyone get this? Was he walking on this side of the street to consciously go against the grain, so to speak? The answer is yes. He was walking on this side in addition to his choice to be participating with his feminine side. Pretty cool, right? And we're just getting warmed up. So I'm going to do what's called in the computer business a data dump. If you think that you missed something, you can always replay the audio to listen to any part that you didn't get. Naturally, this dude is a healer. It would make sense if in real life he was a doctor or something. Or maybe he's much more than a healer. Now, we already know this because most people don't fly into outer space with the intent to take out the, well, the hot water spigot to all things dark and evil, right? But let's discover the meaning of this dream in somewhat a chronological order. Obviously, the man in the dream was familiar with the house. Let's call it a house of healing, a healing house. This house being located in a middle-class neighborhood speaks volumes that the need for healing is something that was exceedingly high right in the middle of the population. It's easy to deduct that if the people in the middle of the community needed so much help and were so desperate that the attention to the poor would really, really need some help. Clearly, those participating at the top of the class of this community would not be exempt from any such emergencies, travesties, or drama. If this dream and his thinking were applied right in this moment, then the possible pandemic of the coronavirus would affect the middle of any class in the same pattern as it would the poor and certainly those that would be considered the top of the class. Thus, we can deduct that this pattern of travesty, drama, pain, and suffering would affect everyone. By the way, people aren't sick, desperate, and really needy if they're in balance. 
It can't happen. Let's go further. The man in the dream approached the house and instantly took his place and wanted to offer contribution to those in need. An admirable quality for sure, but not necessarily required role, especially if the people being brought to the house would begin to be accountable for what they're creating. This isn't to judge anyone who's been sick, out of balance, or inherited certain genes that would be considered weaker in nature to create whatever issue is being manifested. The truth is that the masses really need help, and there aren't enough service people, doctors, healers, and such, that can really take care of this demand. In this dream, it's also very clear to see that this individual was enabled to pull himself out of this particular scenario to go to something higher. And it didn't appear that there was any delay in going to what could be described as the source or the origin of all things that would be undesired. And yet, beautifully so. And he spoke clearly that this was something that he'd been looking for all of his life. Now, it doesn't appear that he was looking to find, uh, shall we say, the portal of all evil with the intention to become a part of the club or the the country club, but rather to uh, finish it or complete it. And it's interesting too, isn't it, that this whole thing suggests that finding the core or the pulse or the black hole or the uh, center of all evil was something hard to find. (laughs) If you do this in reverse, isn't it interesting that sometimes people think of that of the light? All we're doing is becoming very focused on the meaning of this dream. So, is it true that this person was wanting to become aware where the origins of all evil manifested? And of course, the answer is yes. And having done that, it's clear that he's going through a, well, a learning curve. We'll call it a spiritual learning curve where those people or those entities or those archangels or guides that were surrounding him were actually offering him guidance. And the dream, it wasn't exactly clear as to who was there. But in time, there became, well, quite a grouping or a gathering that was aware of where this dark place was. And yet they were all asking, even encouraging but certainly realizing that everything has free will choice, including this man, that they would not necessarily interrupt his free will choice, which is another clear indication of this dream. But there was encouragement for him not to destroy something that had been put in place. Again, an opposite of the light or the illumination. And yet I thought it was extremely interesting to see the very nature of how the darkness can be consuming and pulls you in like watching a campfire, just the opposite. Further, the meaning that this person got what he was looking for in terms of having this understanding of finding something that was inherently dark and then coming back into his body and to participate, perhaps with a knowledge or an understanding that this is a part of the human cycle. Not just those people that were coming to that particular house, but literally everyone. Again, not necessarily just one class of people, the middle class neighborhood or the poor, it certainly would affect everybody. And this is something that's really important. Don't you think? That we can really understand more about this dream so that we use that opportunity to, well, if we're awake, to become aware of what it is that we're trying to connect with in our dreamlike state. The whole purpose of this podcast is for you to become aware of what your dreams mean. Your dreams could quite literally bring you forth millions 
of ideas. And these ideas can literally transform your life as well as in Barry's case, transform the life of others, which is something that's, of course, deeply encouraged. Further, there's all kinds of spiritual depth to your dreams. And yet, we've only spent a couple minutes dissecting this one particular dream case study. It's so important for you to get in touch with allowing yourself to dream and to determine its meaning. It's my hope that you would find a renewed desire to really get in touch with your dreams, not just in remembering them, but to really determine the meaning to your dreams. (laughs) And of course, if you need help, you know, people and resources like myself, I'm pleased to do this. I love to do this. In fact, sometimes dreams come to me so quickly that um, I have to actually wait for the person to tell me what their dream's about so I can actually share what their meanings of their dreams are. And that's something that's very exciting for me. And of course, I hope it's exciting for those people that I reveal those meanings to. These things are really fun. You can do this within your own self. What is the meaning of your dreams? Start now in terms of being more conscious of what it is that you want to remember about your dreams and how they can impact your life. Thank you again for joining today's podcast entitled, What's the Meaning of My Dreams? For us to make true connections, we have to engage. I really want to hear your comments, so please leave a review at westonjolly.com forward slash review or go to iTunes and give me your thoughts there. This helps our connection and it's a tremendous help to others too. Everything we do is designed to offer you a deeper spiritual connection within. You can also make a personal appointment with me, Weston Jolly, right now by going to westonjolly.com. Also, check out my current events, books, and other products. Also, my free newsletter. Thank you for joining me, Weston Jolly, for my podcast, True Connections.